The Bureau of Meteorology being widely criticised over recent failures. The Premier, Stephen Miles, says we shouldn't be too tough on the Bureau, that sometimes when they go too far, they get criticised and people are too tough on them, but when they don't go far enough, they also get criticised. That's true, but I think the point, Premier, is that they should neither go too far nor far enough. They should get it right. That's what they're getting paid to do. In fact, the Premier's attitude, I think, is potentially dangerous. Um, They should be accurate, or accurate to the extent they can be. Uh, You know, as far as modern technology and knowledge allows. And that simply hasn't always been the case, and it hasn't been the case recently. There'll, There'll be reviews after all of this, no doubt, and we might learn more about it. Predicting weather isn't, I would have thought, an exact science, so they shouldn't pretend it is. And they need to be, I think, a little more careful in being so confident in some of their predictions. I, my feeling is that's a lot of the problem. They, they sound very confident about things they shouldn't be overly confident in. And that's causing, ironically, a lack of confidence in us, in people we should be able to have confidence in. The Australian newspaper says in its editorial this morning, the Bureau of Meteorology is an $865 million a year public institution that holds a privileged position in a nation obsessed with the weather. Taxpayers are entitled to expect value for money and citizens the best possible assessment of what nature might bring. Despite a deluge of information, far too often the bomb's forecasts have been found wanting. They can be either too vague or completely off the mark. Then they get to an important bit. I mentioned this yesterday. Many farmers are entitled to feel let down by the hype that surrounded calls that Australia was entering an El Nino weather pattern this year and to expect drier than usual conditions. See, this is really important in the lives of many people listening in other parts of Queensland now. Those who sold stock in anticipation have endured heavy losses. The bomb is facing valid criticism for not anticipating the extreme rainfall that accompanied tropical cyclone Jasper in North Queensland in recent weeks. It was a repeat of its inept performance during the back-to-back flooding of Lismore in 2022. They got it horribly wrong there. Gold Coast Mayor Tom Tate said the bombs delayed warnings of deadly storms on Christmas night were, in his words, unforgivable. The quality of information provided by the bomb and the way in which it was collected and assessed must be properly explored. It's more than a decade since the federal government's Munro Review assessed the Bureau's capacity to respond to future extreme weather and natural disaster events and to provide seasonal forecasting services. I'd be keen to uh, hear your thoughts on, uh, on all of this. The Courier-Mail, by the way, had a good piece this morning by Joseph Carbone. Let me just read you a paragraph from that. Um, it says this, The recent wild weather in Queensland has hit local agribusiness to the point where some may shut up shop, with one local boss questioning the efficacy of the Bureau's forecasting. Gavin Skur, head of large-scale producer Panata Farms, said the company's Mariba site in far north Queensland had been lashed by more than a metre of rain after Cyclone Jasper hit. Particularly in the case of mangoes, he says, you only get one crop per year. And I wouldn't be surprised, he says, if people say it's too hard and won't be back next year. So this really is life-altering stuff for a lot of people. The dry El Nino's predictions made by the bomb have also been called into question by the unseasonable pre-Christmas Cyclone Jasper. Mr. Skur said a lot of the private weather guys have got it exactly right. So it's disappointing the bomb has got it so wrong when a lot of the private weather forecasters have been nailing this. You see, to me, that's, um, th- that's really interesting. A lot of the independents who we now follow, actually, uh, are getting it right. Not all of them. 
But one of those independents is Anthony uh, Violi, who founded AV Weather, which is a long-term forecasting platform that creates seasonal outlooks, daily and weekly forecasts and uh, updates. Anthony Violi from there joins me. Good to talk to you too, Anthony. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Maybe just uh, at, the, at the outset, your interest in all of this, how did that blossom? Uh, well, I loved weather from uh, as a young kid, as most people do. They love thunderstorms, lightning, the, the whole science behind it. It's like a mystique, really, the magic behind all the weather, and uh, just basically studied it ever since I was a little boy, really, and uh, it's led me to where we are here today. Yeah, so let me ask that fundamental question then. Or maybe go back one step first of all. How often are you right and the Bureau wrong? Well, it's hard to put a figure on it because you need to be looking at different time frames. So my specialty is clearly uh, longer-term forecasts over the period of, say, 12 months ahead of time. Right. Uh, but there's also short-term forecasts, four-week forecasts, which the bomb also do. Um, I believe that my four-week forecasts are much more accurate than the Bureau's forecasts that they put out. Um, and there's a few reasons for that. And also the short-term forecasts, which are very accurate because they're only seven days, and that's much easier on a much easier time frame to get right. But the, the big key in my business is to get the 12-month forecast right. And clearly this year we saw that the Bureau were forecasting a big dry, and that certainly hasn't happened for most of the country. What were you forecasting? Uh, I was forecasting a 2009, uh, that was my analogue year, 2009-type year, which was an El Nino that didn't set up correctly because we are in a, p- a period of time at the moment where the climate is changing. And um, the 2009 El Nino didn't set up properly because there's two aspects to this. There's the oceans and there's the atmosphere. The oceans might be tending towards El Nino, but the atmosphere sometimes doesn't do that. And I knew that this year was going to be one of those years because there's far too much warm water on this side of the dateline, essentially, in the West Pacific. And that allows us to get a lot more rainfall and humidity that we normally wouldn't see. And I was forecasting a very wet end to the year. So uh, that basically is how it panned out. So when you make your prediction uh, based on your models and you see them doing something totally different as it was in this case, what are your feelings? Do you still have confidence in your own predictions at that time or do you start to question yourself a little bit? No, not at all. Not at all. So I often make my forecast uh, independent to the models and then wait for the models to catch up to what I'm forecasting. So this year when I saw um, that it was going to be uh, an El Nino as far as the bomb was concerned when they went so hard in January, I told all my client base not to believe that, that that's not what was going to happen. And uh, basically we've seen exactly that. We saw something totally different. Um, I sort of look at the data more so than the models. I want to see the data show me what I want to see rather than the model. So when I saw the bomb forecast, I was even more confident that my forecast would be correct. Wow. Talk to us a bit more about that then, because that sounds fundamental to all of this, the the, the question of models, what they're doing and what you're doing. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the thing about the models is that they only put out what you put into them. So they're created by someone, it's a computer program, and they only will spit out what, um, what you put into them. So at the moment, what we're seeing at the moment is the oceans are much warmer today than they were 30 years ago. We're in a warm cycle at the moment. The Atlantic and the Pacific are very warm. And the models are told that as we warm up, we'll see more El Ninos, but actually the opposite is true. There's a lot more warm water in the West Pacific because the general default position of the oceans is for an easterly wind from the uh, South America to come towards Australia. So if you're going to get warming oceans, you're going to get um, easterly winds keep pushing that warm water towards Australia. And with that, that's where your uh, convergence zone will set up in the Pacific Ocean, and we're close to that. So we generally see uh, at the moment El Ninos that don't set up correctly, for example, we're in, a, we're in a La Nina atmosphere at the moment. We've been in one since uh, October. And as I said, I said this was going to occur because of the amount of warm water. So 
Um, that's the problem with the models. They tend to think that um, we're seeing lots of El Ninos, but we're not. We're actually seeing more La Nina atmosphere-type weather, and you can clearly see this is what's going on at the moment. Do you ever liaise with them or talk to them, or do they ask you why you're doing what you're doing? Not, not particularly, no. So most private weather forecasters um, sort of forecast the same sort of way. They look at the data rather than the models. Um, there's nothing really to be gained by um, liaising with them. They know who I am, of course. We've had many arguments on weather forums over the years, and I've always called into question the bomb to upgrade these models. These models are not accurately predicting. But farmers, let's face it, people's lives are lost. Um, you know, their businesses are on the line here, so they need to be accurate. And I don't think they've moved with the times. We are in a much warmer climate, and the weather's clearly behaving different. So, no, I don't liaise with them to answer your question. Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you put their reluctance to change the way they do this down to? Why, why are they doing that? Well, I'm not too sure. I, I just think, uh, obviously, there's uh, quite a big push at the moment for climate change. Now, the climate is certainly changing. There's no question about that. The reason why it's changing, I believe, is because the oceans are much warmer today than they were 30 years ago, because we do have warm and cold cycles of both the Pacific and the Atlantic Ocean. Even the Indian Ocean is currently very, very warm, and it's going to remain warm for the next decade. So we're going to see a lot more rainfall in the next decade. Uh, I don't believe their climate models have factored all that in. So... Uh, I suspect that um, that might be a big problem for them and they should adjust those models. You see, with the, the Premier saying we shouldn't be too tough on the uh, on bomb, uh, you know, because when they go too far, we criticise. When they don't go far enough, we criticise. Like, I kind of think they're getting enough money. They should be kind of getting it right most of the time these days. So the point you make, Anthony, and that is people's livelihoods are at stake here. We're told it's going to be dry. People sell their cattle because there's going to be no, uh, no food for the cattle. Prices go down. It rains, you know, rains like it's been raining and suddenly the prices are up again. They've lost their money in the meantime. And it's not just cattle, of course. It's, it's mangoes. It's all kinds of things. And that's exactly right. It's a whole agricultural sector, be it livestock or, um, you know, food. So uh, herein lies a question. We need to have a big paradigm shift amongst farmers, and it's happening now. I've noticed this year my client base has nearly doubled in size because people are now going to independent forecast, and it's not just me. There's a few good ones out there. Yes. And it's, you know, it's about getting the right information. It's it's very costly now to make mistakes, and unfortunately – um, we've seen clearly the Bureau's track record in the longer-term forecasting is not very good. So uh, just finally, your outlook for 2024? Uh, 2024 is going to be another wet year. We are going to have a, a La Nina and a possible negative ID, which means the Indian Ocean is the opposite of what happened this year. The warm water actually stacks up near Indonesia rather than Africa, and it would lend us to a wet year. How wet, I'm not sure yet. I mean, I do give my information, obviously, to my clients, but I do believe it's going to be a wetter year next year than it is this year. And if people want to find out more about what you do, it's AV Weatherism. People go, go online and find out more about that. That's correct, avweather.net. Um, and you can email me. I, I do phone consults. I usually with my clients liaise once a week on the phone. It's the easiest way to get the message across to them, as well as I forecast on different timescales, yearly, four-weekly, weekly, whatever they want. I, I work with them. Um, I've built some really good relationships with farmers, and um, I'm all about helping them. So they can get in touch with me at avweather.net. Lovely to talk to you, Anthony. Much appreciated, yeah? Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All the best. Bye-bye. Yeah, I, I became aware of uh, Anthony, and uh, I don't vouch for what he's doing, of course, but I've seen his results over several years, and they're very, very good. And um, they were made available to me by a, by a farmer, friend of mine, neighbour, uh, who said you should be following this guy. We've looked at his uh, stuff for some time, and he's very, very good, and he's been very, very good while the Bureau's been very, very bad.